This is your boy Ozzy Driss and Turnstile. And we want to welcome you back to another episode of Styles and Driss. Yes, caught it this time. Yeah, right this time. I love it. I love it. I love yes. it. Yes. Uh, first of all, we want to thank everyone for um, tuning in last week to our pilot. You know, it was a, it was definitely um, a good launch, mm-hmm. and we definitely love the feedback that everyone has given us. So, shout out to your sister. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to your sister, man. Yeah. Really, yeah. Thank really, you, Bree. Really encouraging. Yeah. Thank you, Bree. Really encouraging words. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Jean. Shout out to Angel Yang of Golden Specs. She um, gave. She. We were uh, in conversation with each other. Uh, in a personal conversation, she gave mm-hmm. me some good feedback on it nice. as well. She said that she loved the fact that you went over the history, yeah, and and so forth. Like, um, went over the history a little bit about clubbing and everything like yeah. that. So she loved that. So shout out to Angel from Golden Specs. Um, can I give a extra? <clears throat> excuse me, pardon me. Extra special shout out to um my man fifty grand Edward Moses. Yes, AMS. AMS. Um, because uh, also DJ Vader, <laughs> DJ yes. Lord Vader. The um, voice of God. Yes, uh, because um, being that like if if you got people from Chi Town that are actually hearing this, and people who are heavily involved in the house community um, out there, that's an extra special feather in in our cap, I think, because you we're know from, we're from Minnesota. Yeah, so it's <laughs> like so it's one of those deals where like if you, if you get someone from Chi Town that actually says yo 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 I was listening to that that was dope thank you so much for that it's just like that that really felt good so thank you to everybody who's been listening who's been contributing with feedback um and you know we're just going to keep trying to crank these out yeah. you know yeah on a weekly so if you yeah um so I think I mentioned in the last podcast, but every Wednesday morning, like literally by the time you wake your ass up, uh, you will be hit with a, new, with a fresh new episode of Styles and Dress. So mm-hmm. hope you all look forward to that. Um, you know, to be a little more transparent, we record these on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason for that is because, I don't know, it just gives us enough time to really think. Uh, I do minimal editing on mm-hmm. this, meaning I just add the songs. Right. <laughs> and um, one one cool thing that, um, that I will mention is as we start bringing in special guests is uh, each special guest that we bring in, we're going to have them pick the outro song, you know, as like a... Yeah as like a type of ritual thing, you know, that we do here in Styles and Driss. So uh, with that being said, we got a few things. Oh, first of all, how was your week? Oh, man, <laughs> that that is, uh, it's it's been a week. It's been a great week. Um, but it's, you know, I always look at everything as kind of having like a bit of uh, parallels to it, right? Like you can never just say anything is 100% good or bad. It just is. And, um, you know, Ironically, just after we wrapped last weekend's show, uh, we went out to eat, and then on the way back, um, a poor gentleman was struck by a car yeah. and passed away, like, not even a mile away from my home. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a lot to take in, yeah. and also, it just, it really gives you, like, a, a quick reality check about, you know, number one we 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 don't have a lot of time on this rock that's hurling through space so we have to make every single moment count and we do that when we dance and we do that when we dj we do that when we're doing other things but sometimes you just have to think about that in life and i, I encourage everybody if you have a dream if you have a goal if you have something that you really feel like you've always wanted to do whether it's art or yoga or you know anything go after it because time is not on your side and you know 
fortune really favors the bold. You have to go out and seize these moments because that's all we have right now is just moments. Absolutely. So, at, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're all getting older. Mm-hmm. Really, realistically, at the end of the day, we're all going to go. Right. So, again, just like Turnstall said, you know, um, take advantage of the time you have on this on this interesting planet of right. ours because you just you just don't know. And I believe the gentleman that passed away was in his mid to mid twenties. Yeah. So it's it's super unfortunate yeah. as to as to this what what happened and everything like that. But and love to his family. Yeah. Um, in their time of need, and yeah. also um, to other people that we have in our personal circle that are also going through uh, some pretty pretty horrible times right now too. I mean, you know, just love everybody unconditionally mm-hmm. and try to be the best possible person in every moment of your life to yourself and to other people because like like I said man and you know time waits for nobody and it's just gonna keep slipping away everyone always thinks they got tomorrow and it's like that's not a guarantee ever so no no so um yeah man crazy week yeah crazy week um you know this week for me has been has been a little more uplifting mm-hmm. than the past few weeks yeah. couple weeks uh, mm-hmm. Uh, went through a lot of things, you know, with, with that gentleman passing away to add on to that. But, you know, when something bad happens, when something messed up happens in my life, I always look at it as like, okay, if something bad happens, then something good's going to come out of it. Right. Not saying that, you know, that something's good coming out of that, but right. um, as far as like my mental health, mm-hmm. you know, it'll definitely excel at another level now. Right. Um, and this week has been pretty promising you know, with uh, with finances going correct, mm-hmm. uh, we just started up on our weekly Thursday sessions at All Day Studio. We call yep. them by mental house sessions, or I kind of call them that. I yeah. used to call them flow state, but sorry, Turnstile, I just wanted to get that out there. Because I think flow state's more for like our live event. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I figured that was kind of like yeah. the way that it was going because yeah. ultimately it's, it's your session. And um, the last thing that I ever want to do is like, you know, kind of conscript that from you and, no. and, and, and like hijack that. So well, I was just like, yo, whatever you want to call it, man. <laughs> Flow state is our event. Yeah. So the thing is like, I called it vibe mental house sessions because you know, it's, it's a vibe throughout the whole thing right. and you're taking care of your mental health within that space because yeah. you're, you're contributing to the atmosphere through movement and we're contributing through music. So, you know, it's, it's a vibe, it's a vibe and it's a, it's a mental, it's a place for mental health. You know, house to, therapy. To, yeah. House therapy where flow state, you know, there's liquor, it's at a bar, <laughs> you know, like there's a well, lot of, and I, and I feel like, um, just to jump in on that, it's, it's kind of like, I, I really think that flow state is you and me and Ty, mm, you know, 100%. so if one of us is missing from that, then that's kind of like not flow state. That's no. something else. Exactly. You know, so exactly. uh, special shout out to uh, DJ Tiberius, a.k.a. Yes. Ty Nguyen. A.k.a. Tyrone, for those who knew him back in the 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. DJ of the year at 16 years old and Minneapolis house DJ legend, in my personal opinion, and I think in a lot of other people's opinions as mm-hmm. well. So um, love you, Ty. Yeah. Love you, Ty. Um so yeah, we just started back up on those sessions. Uh, every for those of you who are listening, if you're in if you're in the Twin Cities, it's every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at All Day Studios. You just gotta hit me up either through Facebook or Instagram, and uh, let me know that you want to come through because we are limited on space, mm-hmm. and due to today's climate, you do have to wear a mask. So, shout out to All Day Studio. 
shout out to uh, Mang, Malvina, Tracy, all of them for letting us letting us do this. So, On the corner of uh, University and, and Vandalia. Vandalia, yes. Yeah. Yep. Cretan Vandalia. Mm-hmm. Right across from the, um, it, was, is it Kieran's Irish, I, Irish pub? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah. Kieran's Irish pub. Right off the green line. So if you're taking public transportation, it is very easy to get to. Mm-hmm. And it's free. Session and it's free. Is, session is free. So just come through it and get ready to get down. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, we got a lot of things we want to talk about today. A few things that we're going to try and get to. You know, yeah. we don't want to take up too much of your time. But we got a couple of things we want to share. Um, you know, just kind of going down the list just to keep things on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should start off between the relationship between... Uh, dancing and DJing. Yeah. You know, because obviously DJing is something that you and I have dove into, um, you know, drastically mm-hmm. for the past few years. Yeah. Um, I, I probably start, I think I started in 2000, ooh, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiberius is uh, my DJ mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as influences go, uh, of course, Tiberius, Los Boogie. Uh, DJ Soul Rain, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jeff Swift, mm-hmm. who else? Chuck Love, Brian Gerard, pretty much a lot of Minneapolis yeah. heads. Monty Aside, Hilleman. Monty Hilleman, you know, like all all these cats definitely um, kept me inspired, keep yeah. me inspired too. DJ today. Nola Wick. Nola um, Wick. To uh, give a shout out to the ladies. Yeah. Um, you want to listen to somebody who really has like a just an amazing archive. So freak of the week, freak of the week, freak of the week. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, cloudy kid, cloudy kid, yeah. and um, uh, Jocko, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. DJ uh, Jocko as well. Yeah. So Jocko Moore. Uh, and then when when did you start DJing? So I I originally started in ninety eight ninety nine. Um, there, there used to be a, um, uh, there, there was like a, uh, before the internet was like where you could practically get everything from the internet, it was still that kind of like everyone got on like AOL and just fucked around on chat rooms and stuff. So what you did was you had mail order catalogs. Like you'd go to a, um, uh, a tech store, like a music store, and somebody would say, well, okay, well, if you're into DJing here, the, sign on this mailing list, and then you basically got this like big catalog that just had tons of like lights, monitors, um, turntables, um, all kinds of equipment. So I ended up ordering, my first setup was a pair of Stanton straight eighties, mm-hmm. which were, um, they were, they were gear driven. So I, you know, it, it, they, they weren't tech, uh, technics, right. They weren't the, the 1200s, but they were a good, like solid, you know, beginners, uh, model. And I was spinning vinyl on like a, um, just a, uh, just a real basic um, battle mixer. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for a couple of years, and then um, financial hardships. This is something that that also we talk about, you know, throughout house where things will come and go in your life, and sometimes, you know, you're uh, you know your cock of the walk. Next next minute, you're a feather duster, right? So, I had all this gear. I had all these records. I was living in my one bedroom apartment, in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, after I moved out of my my folks' house, and needed to make rent. And, you know, you're like, okay, well, nobody else is going to take care of this for me. So out of necessity, I had to sell all my gear. And um, luckily, I was still able to keep my records, but um, I was out of gear. And fast forward to about 2000, 
uh, I want to say like five, two thousand six, was like where I started to see um, Serato being, you know, dominant in a lot of clubs and a lot of DJs were using it. I was going like, well, wow, why are these people with fucking laptops? And somebody finally told me, yeah, I'm spinning MP3s. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? And I'm like, so you don't have to like bust your back, you know, bringing in crates of records anymore? And they said, yeah, or, or maybe I'll have like a bag with just like six good records that I don't have ripped on the MP3 yet but everything else is all on my hard drive. So that really gave me the bug to um, start to think about like getting back into DJing uh, because of the digital age and how um, good of quality, because like I, I saw people mixing on CDJs, um, like the first generation of CDJs in mm-hmm. like the early 2000s, mm-hmm. but you couldn't mix in real time. Like if you were to like jog back and forth um, on the uh, on the platter, it it didn't sound like a it didn't sound like an actual record where like you would hear like a rip 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 rip, rip. it would be like tick, 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 tick. it was like a a, a clicking sound because mm. basically all it was was like fast forwarding and rewinding yeah like a yeah. CD mm-hmm. so um so I was kind of like oh, I'm not really with that you know I'm not really with spinning spinning CDs yeah I mean, it's it's a time saver you know be able to rip a whole bunch of stuff onto a disc and then sure. play it single tracks and everything. but yeah. that just like I was, I was like but once i actually started seeing people like going like yo you don't understand like i can put my finger on this record or on this platter and i can like physically slow this down as if this was actual vinyl like where you can go like or in let, let it go and it just gets right back in in uh in time i was like yo that i i gotta i gotta get with this and then when you started um digitally mixing i was like okay man i I don't have any more excuses. I got to get off my ass and I got to get myself a setup. Was that was that how it was with with house dancing too? Um, you know, <laughs> actually, no, no, no. This is the funny part was that how that was with house dancing was that um, I I predominantly thought of you as a house dancer first and then um, b boy second. Oh. based on just you know like when we first started uh kicking it together and, and everything just by your vibe and everything else mm-hmm. um and i'd always been a club kid so i understood house dancing mm-hmm. but when i actually started to like segment like breaking down like oh there, there are specific techniques and there are movements and there are things like that are starting to have like name and context now whereas before it used to just be you just went to the club and you just danced and if you caught a groove everyone liked it people were like yo you, you move good but nobody ever said yo i like that crossroads you did uh, mm-hmm. i like that uh that skate that you did I, yeah i like i like the way that you jack i like the way that yeah. you they, they basically weren't a nerd about it right mm-hmm. you know so it's like so once um once i started to rediscover um that aspect i was like okay well i want to start house dancing again but this time i actually want to kind of like not just be like kind of a freestyle kid. I want to actually. Yeah. You kind of want to have some. You kind of want to know exactly. You want to be able to break things down. That's, right. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but uh, going back, going back to um, DJing mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Um, so I so I had that set up. I sold it. Um, got into uh, like like when you started DJing, um, and you had your. What was the first rig that you had? You had the well. So I had um. A DDJ SB2 Pioneer, uh-huh. um, but before that, when I when I first started, um, it was on it was on tables, it was on techniques, it yep. was on um, ties techniques, right? And I didn't even start DJing house; I was um, spinning breaks mm-hmm. because that's what I was around a lot, right? And that's that's pretty much what I grew up on from seeing Los and 
Seeing Ty, DJ Espada. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to DJ Espada. Yeah. Um, and shout out to, this is a dude that goes, that's like way back. His name is Close One, DJ mm-hmm. Close One. He was also a dancer too. But um, these are the guys that I would, that would spin, you know, and also King Otto. Can't forget yeah. King Otto. But they would they would spin breaks and funk and everything. So I started off with that, and mm-hmm. I did have the privilege, and you know I really mean you know I am really going in on that privilege of um, starting off with Serato. Yeah. And not even the Serato box. Right. You know this ready when they integrate it into the mixers. Mm-hmm. So I started off with that, and um, eventually worked my way into house. And also I will shout out. Um, Teresa, yeah. Teresa Tran. Yeah. So, uh, I think she was at Reese's Pieces at the Reese's time. Reese's Pieces, yeah. And Reese Rex. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but she actually inspired me to get into house because mm-hmm. she was like, dude, it's easier than breaks. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't understand how. Yeah. You know, because, and then, but we'll, we'll get into that a yeah. little more here. Yeah. Well, how, it, how it actually is easier spinning house than, than, than breaks. But. Well, not even easier, but just there's, um, I guess it's kind of like when you compare something like like rock to jazz, right? Yeah. It's like if you do rock and roll, that can be easy for some people, but people who like maybe have only done jazz, rock is like completely foreign to them and vice versa. So I think it's all kind of relative. It's like, you know, when we're mixing breaks, um, breaks are just very much like you have what you have and we drop into it and we cut yeah. very yeah, creatively. You just cut and you just scratch your way into it. Or house, you could do all of that, but the beautiful part about it is when you can blend that blend. sucker in. You know, when you, the, mix. When when you can blend and mix that in, that's when it's a beautiful thing because yeah. it just sounds like one whole track. Right. It doesn't even sound like you switch tracks. So, that, but with breaks, it's like you could do that, but shit, that takes yeah. hell of fucking skill. Like yep. you, you really got to know, you really got to know your tracks, and mm-hmm. you got to know your tracks with everything you spin. But yeah. with breaks in particular. In a sense, you kind of have to add your own edit to that. Yeah. Like Los, he edits a lot of his yeah. tracks. So if you see like, it's so funny when he's when he's spinning, like you'll look and you'll see like the name of the song like on his laptop and it'll be like, you know, supervisor edit. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> but um, but that's that's him for you, you know. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I uh, start off on. DJ SB2 or start off on techniques. Yep. And then eventually the, it's kind of funny to how that all worked out too. Cause Ty, you know, I ended up buying a, it was a 2011 MacBook pro and, or was it 2012? Cause I think they, Apple usually comes out with like a newer version before the year actually pops up. Mm-hmm. So I believe it was a 2012 MacBook pro and okay. I originally got it for like video editing. Cause I was going to get into that. Yeah. And Ty's like, you know, you got all this fucking music on your laptop because, you know, you, for, for whatever reason, wherever I would travel to, if mm-hmm. there was a DJ there, I, they would some, for whatever reason, give me music, you know, and Soul Rain <laughs> being that main DJ that would just, every time I saw him, he's like, yo, I'm gonna hook you up with music. And I'm like, thanks, <laughs> I the, guess, you know, the like, musical herpes, he just, yeah, he, he just, just, everyone you blend with, all yeah. of a sudden you walk away with a little bit of an itch. Dude, like, <laughs> yo, man, I'm, I'm telling you, like, mm-hmm. It's not just Soul Rain. It's Miley, yeah, Frankie J, Garrick, yeah. like all, all these, all these people. Like they're like, yeah, let me hook you up with music. I'm right. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so 
Ty, also being one of those people, was like, dude, you got all this music in there. Why don't you just start spinning? Right. I'm like, man, I don't know, man. It sounds very stressful, <laughs> which, which, it, which it, to a point is right. stressful. Um, and I'm like, you know, this just... There's just all these knobs and shit like that. Like, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. You know, I'd rather just dance. Right. And um, and again, going back to Teresa, when I would watch Risa spin, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, she looks so fucking cool yeah. doing this. You know, I was like, she looks so cool. I mean, granted, she had like, like tattoos and everything like that, and just, just light up a cigarette and just smoke and just fucking blend. You do some of the most beautiful blending and mixing mm-hmm. between house tracks so i was like all right fuck it i'll do it yeah but then i started off with breaks and then i eventually moved into house because i had more house tracks than breaks yeah and i'm like thanks you yeah. know and um and yeah i, I ended up moving to ddj sb2 mm-hmm. and um sold that because i was like you know I, I, there was a period in time where i wasn't really doing much with djing like, mm-hmm. i came up with a few mixes and i was like all right fuck it this i'm you know, I don't have time for this. Right. And I ended up downgrading to a, um, it's a Newmark uh, DJ to go. Yeah. It's like a little mini, it looks like a remote control. You know, like a fucking official remote control. Like like the Q knobs, I, I shit you not. I, the first time I saw it, they looked, imagine trying to mix using uh, turntables that are the size of like Oreo cookies. Yeah. That, that, that's how small the platter is. Yeah, literally. Tiny. It's it's so cool though because you could set it on top of your laptop. Oh, yeah. like I set it on top of my laptop and yep. it's like I don't you don't need much for it. It's US it's US it's hooked up through USB. Mm-hmm. Like and it's it runs it ran off a of Serato. Mm-hmm. So it was just like it's very simple. The only thing I hated is that you couldn't scratch. Well with the version that I have, you couldn't scratch and you couldn't um cue in like in your in your in your earphones mm-hmm. like you couldn't listen to a track before it's playing out you literally just had to know your tracks right. which was also good for me because it taught me how to understand my library right how to memorize my library and everything but um and then after that moving on to now uh now i rock with um xdj rx2 mm-hmm. which is a beast it is pretty it's nice, and it, and it's literally what we're going to be using for when we finally get to gig out for Flow State. And yeah, it's what we use the weekly house to, house dance sessions, vibe mental sessions. So, right. So yeah, man, it's it's been a journey. Oh yeah, 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 a, a lovely one. Yeah, so, and it's only becoming, it's only getting better. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, man, like let, let's know. About, I want to know more about your journey with DJing because okay. you sold your stuff and then you ended up using my rig a little bit. Yep. Sorry, I kind of hijacked your shit. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> no, this is we're just behind the back passing. You know, is some Earl the Pearl shit right now. Yeah, we're coming yeah, for the there's, layup. There's there's no script here, right? Like <laughs> we're just we're on some fucking Joe Rogan shit, right? You just, know, like brilliant idiots type of feel. Just like, whatever we feel. So. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. So, so when when I saw that you were doing it, it that again that just kind of gave me like that. Uh, um, there's always like ways that you can talk yourself out of things in life, right? And it's just like, oh, I can't do this because I don't have the money or I don't have the time or I don't have the equipment or blase, blase, blase. But then you get to a point where I think I mentioned this before in the last podcast. Um, there's like this feeling that we have as house dancers and um, music heads, right? Where it's like this controlled desperation. Like, you have to do this. It's like if you don't, it's just like you're you're holding your breath throughout life. You're you're going like, okay, I I might be a lawyer, but deep down inside I'm a house dancer. I might be a doctor, but deep down inside I'm a DJ. You know? 
So there was just this feeling inside where I said, no matter what else I do in society, if I don't do something that's going to be soul satisfying, I'm really going to be missing out in my time here. And one of the things that I always um, loved besides going to clubs was the feeling of there's a ritual Right, and this goes this goes to vinyl. Um, some people might not be able to identify with this because you've never actually like used vinyl records before, um, or maybe your jump point was cassettes or just only MP3s. But there was something that was like really magical about like you get your record, right? You can't wait to listen to it. You can't listen to it in the car. You get home, you open up the the record, you look and you start reading the insert of of the. Uh, of the, of the record sleeve itself, right? You, t- you take out the record, you meticulously, like, you know, pull it out of its, uh, there's like a kind of a square piece of paper that it like fits into that goes into the record sleeve itself. So it's like a protectant. And then you put it on the turntable, you get that first track. You, you're not even like finding, like everyone usually gets a record for like the hit, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's like, I always start at the very beginning of the book and I, and I would listen to that record all the way through from, side A to side B and then from the beginning all the way to the end of side B and I go back to side A again and the whole time you're like admiring the art you're reading who the producers are um maybe if you were savvy enough you would start picking up on like people who were like the uh, session musicians mm-hmm. so you'd say oh yo this is the guy that drummed on that um like that James, ja- James Brown yeah, yeah I mean like you know where where it's like you you go yo this person has sat in with like five or six different people and they're all like incredible records. So if you if you saw that at the record store and you were lucky enough to not have it shrink wrapped and where you could actually look look at it, you're gonna go, yo, I'm gonna buy this record just because you know so and so played saxophone on it, right? So that gave me. Um, I I was already a, a big fan of music uh, growing up with my father, um, who was a uh, funk, uh, uh, basically like a funk soul fusion. Um, musician he played he played in a band that did a lot of covers but when he was doing like his own music it was just it was really fused and he's a motherfucker of a drummer i mean Mm -hmm. incredible drummer but he could also do a little bit of everything so i got i i was already like seeing the process of how you would make a um uh a recording you know because he would use my my bedroom back when we lived in crystal um my bedroom was an attic and it, it was like it was like almost like it was made for sound. It was perfect. The acoustics were really really good, and he would have a uh, just a, like an eight track mixer um, uh, for like a cassette tape, right? So like you'd lay down your first track, you'd rewind the tape back, you do the second track, go back third, and then you do your eight, and then after that it's like now you now that you've got your first eight, you might have to go back again and lay down more tracks, right? So it's like it's a long process, but you know it's a it was just really interesting to watch all of that happen. So I would ask him questions. I would ask him about, you know, recording and why do you do this? How do you do that? Why do you lay down vocals without music and, you know, together? Why do you, and, and, you know, so he was, he was kind of explaining this process to me. So from a very early age, I was already like in love with music, but there was something even more special about the ability of a DJ that was appealing to me because it's like it's one thing to be able to play music like actually play an instrument which I, I had like some um, proficiency in like drums and uh, keyboards and bass and some uh, guitar but the idea of being like the the conductor or the um, 
what is that called? Like the composer, right? Mm -hmm. It's like typically like a person will write a song and there's somebody else that plays it for them, right? So what I love about being a DJ and DJing in general is like you have the ability to kind of control the pace, right? Mm -hmm. And like I think I mentioned this before that we have like a responsibility to control the pace of the crowd. Like we're we're either going to have you have a wonderful night or a real shitty night based on how well we perform mm -hmm. and the right records and the right um, vibes in the room. It's like there's not too many people there. You don't want to be throwing out these like these big Ibiza club bangers, you know, just do, 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 no, right? Because no. nobody's there. So you want to maybe do some like down tempo, some jazzy lounge um, house, and maybe some um, some like some like low tempo uh, like Afro house and things like that, just to kind of try to get get everything boiling to set the tone. Right, and then it's like, and then all of a sudden, once more and more people start jumping into the the cooking pot, you start turning up the heat a little bit and a little bit more until finally it's like they don't realize it, but you brought them to like this crescendo. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, bam, you, you know you've got the crowd. So that was like one of the things that um, dancing, I, I had to be realistic about dance because I had to be realistic um, through everything else in my life with like martial arts and other things that I'm, that I do where there's going to be a point where your body's going to fail you, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. But your mind, your knowledge is always going to be there. So it's like, how are you going to adapt? And some people say, okay, well, I can't break anymore. So I, I'm just going to walk away from it and put my guns away. Right. Mm -hmm. And house dancing, it's like you have a longer shelf life because it's not as impact. Like there's not as much like wear and tear on the body as like say breaking. Yeah, it's not. It's not so demanding. Right. No. Um, uh, jazz and tap dancers. You know, they. I mean, God, they're, they're dancing all the way up into their 70s and 80s. Like the the original like hoofers. You know, and when you got like Sammy Davis Jr. and people like that and uh, Snake Hips and Sandman. And, you know, the Nicholas Brothers. So I knew that I could continue dancing for a long time. But where I really felt that um i would be adding like more of my contribution to house was by djing and eventually producing because um there's something to be said about like you know when you dance you're you're honoring the dj but you're also honoring the people who made that music right yeah. mm -hmm. so it's like you're it's 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 a double um it, it's a it's a double whammy because you know you're going like okay i i want to dance because the dj is throwing down some fire but i also want to dance because you know this this record for some reason it just it's moving me like I feel it in my soul and to to have that kind of ability and not have it be about you like a, like a rock concert where you're like hey I want everyone to watch me and focus on me it's more like I want everybody to listen to me and mm -hmm. I want everybody to feel what I'm doing yeah and then when you get the whole crowd just like hyped from that um, I I cite uh, the experience that I had, uh, thank you to you and to uh, Jeff uh, uh, Jeff Swift for uh, when I got to play House Proud, which was a it was a real big honor for me personally, but um, b there was um, I was able to kind of give everybody that was in the crowd like my house, my sensibility, how how I feel, how these records move me, and I'm going to arrange them and put them into a a context where it's like I'm going to say okay everybody. You know, I'm just going to kind of unearth this and just let you guys, like, see what happens. And there was, there was no better feeling. And it wasn't like, and, you know, the decks were so high that, you know, the crowd could barely see me. But when I was, like, playing, you know, just key records and throwing things at the right time, 
I'm watching all the people out there going nuts, but then I'm also looking over at like uh, the other DJs, and they're all just kind of biting their bottom lip, just going like, "Motherfucker," mm-hmm. you know, like like they were just like, you know, they were just feeling it. Yeah, yeah. And that that's another reason why we DJ is because we love to appeal to the crowd. But we also love playing for other DJs because mm-hmm. when a DJ watches you mix and, e- and and like EQ properly, and all of a sudden they hear something or they see something that you did, some little trick, the crowd might not know. But what you did was actually like you 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 mastered like three different elements together. You were like you took out the bass of this one uh, record, but you looped it so that way you could uh, have it as an overlay for this other record. So people are listening to this one song and they're bob- they're bobbing their head to it, but you don't realize like if you were to just turn down that channel, they're they're only listening to you know one one side of it, but you got like two things blended together and they're really feeling it, and then yeah. all of a sudden like you know you finally like fade over and and then, and then you got that dude that's like trying to shazam it and they're like what the fuck I yeah can't ex- find it yeah that's the, fun- the funniest yep. thing <laughs> ever, but I will mm-hmm. admit. I'm one of those dudes that's like, what the fuck? Yep. Um, and then you realize you're like, oh god, they're producing on the spot. Yeah. And and it teaches you, um, it teaches you something to really appreciate, which goes back to the days of like the um, some of the founding fathers, you know, like the Nicky Cianos and the the Frankie Knuckles and people like that. Was that when you went to, um, when you went to the Continental, or when you went to um, uh, the gallery or when you went to Paradise Garage or the warehouse, the reason why you went there was because you knew that DJ might play something like Funky Town, but it's not going to be like at your typical bar club where you're going to hear Funky Town from beginning to middle to end, outro, into the next song. Mm-hmm. You would hear it and you would hear maybe a loop because that DJ took that and brought it home and just got like a sample recorded on like a reel-to-reel and they sequenced it, or they, they looped it over and over and over, and so now they just have, like, just this one part, and then they put in, like, a sound effect from, they you know, Nicky Siano started, um, he, he was the guy who brought in three turntables, so he could do overlays, so it was not enough to just be able to mix one record from the other, but he would be able to put, you know, the sound, sound of, like, a, a jet plane taking off, mm-hmm. right? So you'd have this, like... And meanwhile, you know, you're mixing these other two things. Now we take it for granted because we have we're able to multitask with, you know, sound effects, cue points. Um, you know, if you're depending on the type of software you're using too, you could have like four records going at once, and you only have two platters, but you're mm. still able to like mix all that stuff. So I loved that process. I was so enamored with just the idea of saying like, yo, how can I make something or reinvent something that's already established, but like put my personal um, spin a perspective on it and is the crowd going to like it or are the DJs going to like it and am I going to like it yeah you know what I'm saying so that, that it's like that's what really drew me to DJing sure you know? yeah you're you're literally controlling everyone's movement everyone's emotion mm-hmm. you are just in control yeah of that specific time and that's that's again that yeah just like you said that's that is the beautiful thing yeah about DJing you know especially when you're in front of a crowd even at a session yeah Man, you know, it's so rewarding when it, it just has to be one dancer. When mm-hmm. one dancer comes up, they're like, holy fuck, man, you're playing some really good shit. Mm-hmm. Like every time I throw it down at, at the Vibe Mental House sessions, Peace, shout out to Peace, yeah. comes up, he's like, bro, this Afro set that you're doing right now is on another level. Yeah. And I'm like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. You mm-hmm. know, like it, it feels really good, you know, because then, because you, 
you know, we're the only human beings. Right. So we question ourselves. Right. Like, am I really, am I throwing down? Because <laughs> I don't know, you know, type yeah. of feel. So, yeah, yeah. So now let me, let me flip this. Let me, let me, let me throw this back over to you. Um, so besides, you know, people that were around you that influenced you and, you know, other people like Ty coming up and kind of just poking you in the ribs going like, you know, you better start fucking DJing because you got all this music. I mean, what are you going to do with all this music, right? Like, you you know, you got all this food in your fridge and you're not going to eat it, you know, come on. Mm -hmm. So it's like, but was there any kind of like other allure or mystique that really made you curious about DJing? Like, like what, what kind of drew you to it? Like, was it just, you know, what was the sirens call that really brought you to DJing? Like, like not not just even like looking at it and going like oh yeah that's kind of dope but actually going like I got to do this now. Mm-hmm. So that's a good question. So um, I'm I'm bringing this through dance, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because it's going with how the relationship between DJing and dancing. Right. Um, how it worked out for me because if you've known me as a dancer for quite some time, you know that I'm very very musical mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to 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 the tracks through dancing, like um, in breakups. Um, that was the guy that was that they would send out in crew battles when there was a guy that was really good at hitting beats yeah. or like being very musical with the tracks and um you know and it, it ended up translating into rocking and house yeah so what drew me towards it was okay i'm very very like obsessed with hitting all the beats with hitting all the instruments that's being played in a track i want to know now what is the pattern Mm-hmm. because you can understand a track but you can't always understand how a dj spins right so i want to know what what type of the style that this that this dj plays mm-hmm. and i want to understand it yeah so the what better way for me to do that when than to to do it myself to, right. to learn it you know so um once i started doing that then i started understanding music to another level yeah which which i think eventually with a lot of djs it makes everyone all the djs want to eventually go into producing right because it's like now you now there's this whole nother world where you're like oh fuck yeah (laughs) you know like you're just like oh shit you know this is crazy and i and i tell that too because there's a lot of dancers here right now that are um that are actually going to start djing Mm -hmm. um it's funny because it's technically like a trend Mm -hmm. um but i don't look at that as a bad way because I right. look at it as whoever goes into that trend, whoever survives that trend mm-hmm. is obviously in it for the long run. Right. So there's nothing wrong with trends. Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, technically I could be one of those people that was part of the trend, right. you know, <laughs> but I'm obviously I'm in it for the long run. Yeah. You, you, know? you never know until you get your black belt. Yeah. Like I spent, so I'm, right. I'm can, to this day, I spend money on, on, DJing yeah. because you know you got to dig for different right. tracks and everything like that. So and you got to legitimately support artists. You can't just download fucking music off of YouTube and right. fucking SoundCloud and call yourself legit. No, you got to be for real and you got to mm-hmm. support artists through Bandcamp, TrackSource, yep. Beatport, all these things. Um, I mean, even hitting up DJs too and being like, "Hey, I, I really, really like vibed off that track. Is that on? Is is that released?" And they're going, yeah. "No, it's not released." Um, and you're like, "Well, you know, could I could I pay you? Can I Venmo you yeah, or something?" Yeah, and no. That person I, goes like, "Yo, I'll I'll, g- I'll give you like I made an EP that hasn't been um, it hasn't been signed yet. So if you're gonna play it, 
only play it live, please, or something. Yeah, and you're exactly. like, all right, cool, word. Or or you trade you know? tracks with them. Yeah, you tra- you, know, you like, trade. It's it's a barter system like, too. Like I've done that with uh, with DJ Man of God. I've yep. done that with with AMS. Yep. With Vader, yep. like traded tracks. They would right. be like, yo, what's that song you play, dude? I'll give you this track. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, cool. And a lot of times I'm like, you don't have to give me anything, man. I think you're fucking amazing. Right. So, <laughs> like, like, but but the, but kind of um, real quick thing I want to say about them, mm-hmm. man. They they have a lot of integrity yeah. when it comes down to it because I've given them a couple of tracks. Mm. Every time, if I'm around, every time they play it at a party, at an event, they will shout my name out. Right. They'll give me a shout out on the mic. Right. Like, Yo, shout out to Ozzy for giving me this track. And I'm like, you right. really don't have to do that, but I feel <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> um, so shout out to those dudes. Word, word. Um, and yeah, Jarius, aka Man of God, being one of the people that influenced me to get mm-hmm. into DJing as well. Yeah. And Busy Beats from Vegas. Yeah. So um yeah that's that's what drew me into it a lot because once i started figuring that out and then my whole mindset for training for battles mm-hmm. ended up elevating right because my technique and i'm ah, i'm gonna share it <laughs> so my technique for training for battles and i've shared this with a few dancers already is um depending on the genre if right. it's breaking house rocking doesn't matter i find out who the dj is mm-hmm. okay Whoever that DJ is, I look for their mixtapes, right. their mixes online, and I study their patterns, like mm-hmm. how they spin, when they fade out, when they blend in, and what type of music are they playing? Right. What type of genre are they, like, what type of style are they playing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, are they playing a lot of Afro house? Are they playing a lot of deep? Mm-hmm. You know, are they playing a lot of techie? Mm-hmm. For rock, what type of songs do they like playing the most? I listen to all their mixtapes. Right. Um, breaks, same thing. Yep. Have they produced any? And then I also look at battles that they've spun yeah. online on YouTube. So I utilize technology to the max. Right. And that's how I get prepared. So that way, when the battle comes, or if they're at a party, I know exactly, or I at least have a good idea of what they're going to play. Mm-hmm. And that sets me up for musicality. To right. And take musicality to another level with movement. Right. So that would be what really, really solidified everything for me. Other than like looking cool and shit like that's what really like you know um put me over the edge yeah with that yeah i can i can definitely dig that man i, I respect that a lot because most of the time um there, there's a there's a weird thing that you kind of notice in um in the in like in the entire like whole genre of like electronic music right is that you don't have to necessarily be a house dancer to have become a DJ and a producer um, and vice versa, right? Um, sometimes house dancers will just, that's that's all they've ever done is just dance. They, you know, they know all the DJs. They, you know, understand what the DJs are doing and stuff, but they, they just, they don't do it themselves. So I kind of feel like there's like another level of responsibility that gets kind of put on our shoulders, right? Like yeah. we, we know not only do we got to control the pace of the party, but we also have to honor other DJs, um, honor the process, the, the records. I mean, some of these musicians that have made this music, um, never got off the ground. Maybe they, they made that one track. It's the club banger that everyone loves, but this person was like, yeah, that was my one shot back in 1997. And you know, when I, I made that one single that got pressed on, uh, you know, strictly or, you know, yeah. uh, Works or, or whatever label. And then it's like, but, you know, I teach, you know, literature at a high school now. Or, you know, it's like, and people are going like, wait a minute, but you made like like the anthem, 
right? Mm-hmm. And you couldn't, you know, you couldn't stay in the game. And it's like, yeah, because this isn't, it, it's it's not pop. Pop, yeah. it's like you can make that one record and you can almost retire if, it, if it's a hit. But in the clubs, it, you know, it's it's kind of a different story. There's there's a there there is a big difference between above ground versus underground. Whereas like the DJs, we promote music that nobody has ever heard of that you're probably never going to hear outside of, you know, the culture, the culture and mm-hmm. mixtapes and you know podcasts and you know things like that. Before it was even more obscure because you you physically had to go to that club to hear that one track. You were not going to hear it on the radio. You were not going to see it on MTV. So. That it's just kind of, um, I, I think that yeah, there's like a there's like a very like a very austere and kind of like auspicious kind of feeling. Like we we're just we we go in and before I get into a circle, whether I'm dancing or I'm DJing, I always kind of like give thanks for a moment. I just like take a second and I'm just like you know, thank you for this for this, yeah. this vibe. Dude, yeah, you gotta thank the universe, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, fucking call us hippies if you want. The, the, <laughs> or yuppies or whatever. The, you know, the universe is legit. The universe is real as fuck. You know, what you, what you are thankful for will excel to another level. Mm-hmm. What you are not thankful for, holy shit, you better make sure that you get that shit out of your mind. Yeah. Because that will come back to bite you. And, and I think it's it's honoring something that, that goes way back to like, you know, you know, the, the primal in all of us, right. It's this, this feeling of creativity, mm-hmm. you know, cause life would re- like, like Nietzsche said, you know, um, without music, life would be a mistake. Yeah. That's deep. And yeah. you're like, you you were so, so right on that shit. And, th- and this is coming from a guy who was kind of, a a bit of a nihilist, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, he's kind of like, you know, um, just, nothing matters nothing exists everything is just you know here today gone tomorrow but then at the same time it's kind of like yeah you know music it's something that you listen to to lift you up it's sometimes it's like a way to to mellow out to chill you out it can inspire you to get off your ass and do something yeah or it can also um give you fuel you know like you're yeah you're working out and you're able to run you know just one mile further because you heard the Rocky theme, right? Or <laughs> like, uh, ther- it's music is just therapy. Yeah, music is therapy. It can everything you said, but it could even it could even um, help you out during your down during your downtime. Oh yeah, if you need some, because sometimes yeah, as human beings, sometimes we need something to um, to bring us to a certain state yeah. of mind. Whether it be a low point or a high point, mm-hmm. music can help that. Right. You know, like shit, dude. I, I came, you know, I was part of like the whole AZN baby boy scene. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so like I'm Filipino, Filipino American. And, you know, I grew up in the Asian side of it, you know, rather than mm-hmm. the Pacific Islander side of it. So I was friends with a lot of Vietnamese people. And like, dude, we were so fucking emotional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were all about that R&B, like AZN pride type of shit. So we listened to a lot of like sad shit. A lot of SWV. Yeah, like like a lot of fucking sweat. Like Black Street, yeah. like, you know, Brian McKnight. And mm-hmm. I still listen to that shit because yeah. that shit bangs, dude. Right. It's, it's It still tops off a good amount of today. Not everything, mm-hmm. okay? A good amount of today's R&B. Right. And Neil Soul. But, but yeah, like, it, music is therapeutic and it, and it can definitely bring you to a certain place, yeah. to a certain mind, state of mind. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at. So Well... And you, and you know what's interesting too is that like um, 
there's different sensibilities. Like when we when we talk about like breaks, right? Breaks do something on a very very like savage level, right? They yeah. really bring out like the the aggression and the animal. When you hear James Brown, and all of a sudden you know he just goes wow, you know, oh, and yeah. you're just like mother fuck, you know, you yeah. just like or you're listening to punk rock, and all of a sudden you know it's like those first few bars of like you know nervous breakdown from Black Flag, and you're just like you're ready for it. You're like come yeah. on, but then there's also like another side of it when you hear a disco record or a house record where it's just this, it's this thing that I feel like there's, there's a lot of music that can really go into like either like deep emotions, like you were saying, like R and B and things like that, where it's like, please, please baby, don't go, don't leave me. I'll do anything <laughs> yeah, for yeah. you to stay right. That the groveling, yeah. you know, R and B singer who's on his knees. Yeah. And then, then there's the, um, then there's like the hip hop side who's just like, you know, fuck you, bitch, you know, yeah. and you're like, damn, okay, that's that, that that's kind of liberating. But at the same time, it's like, I don't really feel like that. That's not me right now. And, and then it's and then the, there's like the uh, the hybrid. Yeah. Or it's both of that. Yeah. And please, ba- like, please, baby, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, oh, please, bitch, don't leave. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, but there's something there's something so um, moving about when you listen predominantly when you when you first started hearing disco. There was a thing where it was like it was more danceable R and B, right? It was R and B taken up a notch, mm-hmm. and it was a lot more of like, hey, um, like a good example, like the song "I Will Survive," right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You hear that song, and that goes into like a place of like real like pain and heartache. You know, it's like you know, first I was afraid, I was petrified. Mm-hmm. You know, kept thinking how I, I could never live without you by my side. Yeah. You know, and then it it kind of goes into like this, like it's you know, it's about to be like this like sad song, and then all of a sudden she's just like. You know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep moving on. I'm yeah. at the club right now. I'm with my people. I have a few drinks in me. You know, mm-hmm. I've imbibed in like some other chemistry. You know, maybe maybe not allegedly, but ultimately it's just about me being out here dancing and you know just just completely letting go and vibing out. Just having a good time. And you know that's it, there's something special about that with house and with disco. The disco transitioning into house. Because um, I, I love uh, Frankie Knuckles had a had a, a quote where he said that um, that di- or house was disco's uh, revenge because after the Kamensky Park riots that happened in the late seventies in Chicago where there was like that whole big movement of like disco sucks mm-hmm. all the all the record company A and R people panicked and they were like yo we got to shut down our dance divisions now mm-hmm. disco is dead it is done it was viral now it's just you know, which is so funny because, like, in in all the gay clubs, um, and the underground scene, it was business as usual. They didn't give a fuck. They didn't care if you liked it or not, or said it was popular or not. Because they're like, "Yo, I only go to this club. I don't go to the pop club to listen to your guys's shit. I go to my club to listen to our shit." So, and I think that 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 had like a resonance that once Chicago started to take. Um, you know what was what Frankie was playing, and take it up to another level. And you had all these these DJs who started turning into producers, and they were had their drum machines and their personal uh, like uh, four and eight track recorders and stuff. And then they were making like very very basic, um, uh, you know, just kind of like just like simple four on the floor beats, mm-hmm. but they had grooves. And then all of a sudden, somebody says, "Yo, 
I want to, I want to, I want to like take that to another level. So it's like you got this groove that everyone likes to listen to, and then maybe there's like a sample like "Time to Jack." You know, mm-hmm. it's like I want to throw a piano in that, and I want to have a real churchy, soulful singer, like something from like the '70s, but bring it into like the '80s, and that, you know, it just it it basically it just it, that's why we you know I can't I can't like look back on any generation or genre of music and say that was some old fashioned shit because at that time that was the cut that was like the the jam yeah and then it's like now you you listen to it and you kind of go you know oh yeah this is so funny you listen to like you know some old ragtime you know i'm gonna love you baby every Mm. night you know and all that shit and you're kind of like oh this, this was like this was wild it's like but back then you only had like composers and you only had like brahm and Chopin and like you know like all these other like Bach and stuff mm-hmm. so to all of a sudden have someone talking about like actually courting a, a a young lady and like going out and dancing with them and stuff everyone was like oh no it's the devil's music you know yeah yeah but it, like but it just it brings us back to like our our tribal origins you know all of this music is all a manifestation of folk mm-hmm. folk art mm-hmm. you know just getting around the fire and someone's banging something out on the teak wood mm-hmm. and someone gets up and sings like a call and response mm-hmm. you know and, you know, they tell about, like, you know, the goings-ons of the tribe of the day. And we all dance and we become one with the earth and one with the environment. And we celebrate life because we're like, hey, congratulations. You know, the, we, we mm-hmm. hunted and we, we were able to gather. Or, and, and we're alive. Yeah, we're alive. <laughs> you know, we might, we might not be able to do this tomorrow. We might get, you know, taken out by a, an avalanche or, you know, a tiger comes into the village or whatever. But for right now this is this is our time you know it's like goonies it's our time down here yeah you know hey you go <laughs> yeah but you know i mean i i i think that there's something really special specifically about house and that's why i'm you know i'm so drawn to it because of that you know and i'm so thankful for it being around dude yeah like how oh man i mean you can you can literally just chill and listen to it. You know, it's yeah. like like with breaks, like, you got to fucking dance. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, unless you're someone like me. I'm not really <laughs> special, but like me, I, dude, I used to fucking listen to breaks religiously. Mm-hmm. Like, I was one of those freaks where yeah. I would just listen. When I was in high school, I would listen to it while I was taking the bus home. Yeah. Just so I can know, like, and again, you know, it's part of my musical type of uh, approach to the right. dance where it's like i want to know exactly when this beat's going to come in and i want to know exactly when the snare stops and everything when mm-hmm. the trumpet's kicking so i would listen to it religiously but on a, on a from a general standpoint um house you can listen to it and just chill mm-hmm. or you can get up and dance mm-hmm. that's fucking amazing right you know like that is some dope shit yeah and you, you realistically, you can do that with any other type of genre of music, but for the most part, I would say house is the genre that is known for that. Yeah. So. So yeah, man. Fucking house music, <laughs> gotta love it. I mean, and, and that's like another thing that I'm kind of appreciative of, of the fact that we've got this podcast going because I I really feel like there's. I don't want to say there's a deficit. There's probably show someplace around that talks and dedicates specifically to house music but oh yeah yeah. but i feel that um there's a lot a lot of stock is being put into edm or into like other genres that have like come from house but not enough actually coming back to like the the real source and like paying homage to 
house and to disco and the house is like you know real close uh uh cohort which was you know detroit techno and you know detroit house mm-hmm. you know those were like those were things that i really felt like were um they, they were super important and pivotal because they kind of brought us into the modern era of clubbing yeah you know and mm-hmm. it's like that transition from the 70s into the 90s was just like it, it's kind of funny how it's like it, it's almost like they they almost made a mold you know and they broke the mold after that so now it's like anytime that you go out to a club you know and someone is behind a set of decks there's lights there's a party atmosphere there's vibes the music is continuous not just like one song and then stop and then another song and then stop you know that that model that blueprint came from the 70s mm-hmm. so i kind of felt like it was almost like my my civic duty as a househead to go back and not just like say oh you know house started in chicago in 83 or 84 it was like don't don't just start at like who wrote the first house record it's like go back and say what inspired house yeah you know just like when you listen to hip-hop if you if you listen to hip-hop for what it is that's cool but when you actually open up the record sleeve and you look in there and it says contains a sample of the funky drummer by james brown which is like almost every other fucking hip-hop track right. in the 90s <laughs> it's like then you go okay now i gotta listen to james brown oh what's this this is uh m coltrane who's m coltrane oh miles or, or uh miles davis or john coltrane i'm sorry and um so it's like then you now you get into jazz mm-hmm. and you start like you start going down the way of like common like when everyone was listening to common mm-hmm. everyone's like oh yeah i love common he's so vibey and so deep and it's like him he was part of like that whole native tongues movement that was also of the 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 90s which was going into your parents record collection and listening to the shit that was supposed to be like passe yeah right like oh i don't want to listen to jazz that's like that's my dad's stuff you know Mm -hmm. but it's like when you actually get in there and you find something that connects with you and resonates not only are you able to draw something and bring it to the future Mm -hmm. but also you might even be able to connect with people from the past from different genres and generations Uh, you know a big a big example of that is Jay Dilla. Rest in peace. Oh yeah, yeah. Jay Dilla Rest was that was that producer, um, literally. You know, not just producer, that artist. Yeah, that would literally like look up old records, look up old um, funk funk records. Mm-hmm. You know, and just literally and make it his own. Yeah. And um, what he would do is he would like when he would send them out to other producers to to you know rappers and singers, mm-hmm. like he would label them like some of the weirdest shit yeah. like ham and cheese right or like donuts uh-huh. or like some unhealthy food item yeah you know whatever ham and cheese isn't really that unhealthy but yeah you know like some something random but uh yeah no jay dillo was like a big yeah big influence on that and that that really like gets into um how as dancers too it's like we we're going to look into like certain styles and certain genres and, and like, and you know, it might make you move superficially, mm-hmm. but sometimes there's just records that have something that you just like, you can't quite put your, your finger on. You're like, I don't know why there's just like the, that little popping or that clicking in the background or that, um, Rhodes piano stab and in the middle of the song, I don't know what it is. There's just something from about it. And then all of a sudden you hear the original. Yeah, right. yeah. and you go oh my god that that's what it is so like when you hear when someone has samples something and you kind of almost take it for granted mm-hmm. and then you find the original record yeah and you listen to that all the way through you're going oh my god I, it's like you even love that producer more because they were able to find just absolute like you know like a like like a diamond mm-hmm. you know in in all of that 
and they were able to like polish that and bring that forward and you go damn and then now now you become a fan of somebody else from a completely different genre you're just like yo i started listening to you know um you know certain uh, like 50s um era smoky jazz uh female vocalists because of certain things that like you know jay dilla or the propeller heads or a tribe called quest would like yeah. propagate and you listen to like their stuff and you just go jesus and you go down these rabbit holes so yeah i mean it's it's all important and i think as as house we try to like keep it going and moving um and keep it you know uh keep it progressive mm-hmm. and not not necessarily become like you you don't want to have amnesia right you yeah. don't want to like forget about the past but you also don't want to be like confined by the past either and say okay well this is exactly how we have to do it because it's tradition because sure. then yeah. what's going to happen is now congratulations you've made it the exact same records as they made in 1976 mm-hmm. but how are you going to take it up to you know 2016 2026 2036 there's like no evolution in your style now right and then that's that's like a that that could that could be a good thing and a Mm -hmm. bad thing um bad thing is you're obviously again there's no evolution your style so you're not evolving right good thing is that you are still um you're still skilled on humble beginnings Mm -hmm. so you can still use certain things or you can articulate certain things that a lot of people that start later on mm-hmm. can't right you know like um, i'm gonna be real for example from for me like i'm uh, going back i was privileged to start off on serato mm-hmm. and not even serato box right just serato in general right um and i can't like i still have yet to fuck around with vinyl with records right you know with literally like <laughs> not even your records marking and, the records oh, i still God. have yet to do that yeah um stopwatch so you can actually get your bpms yeah and, and and if you're lucky you might get it within the right range but if you're just like if you're like a fast or a slow person to begin with you're sitting here going like oh yeah this is 122 bpms and someone else listens to it or puts it through a um a machine and they're actually they clocked it and they're like no actually that's 125 yeah like you know? <laughs> like i still have yet to do that and yeah. um you know don't get me wrong like i've messed with records before like mm-hmm. you'll be at a record shop i was in a record shop and in France, mm-hmm. in Paris, and like literally, like the only way you can hear these tracks is if you take them by the. It was literally a legit record store. Mm-hmm. Um, take the record, put it on the record player, and start listening. Start right. dropping that needle to yep. listen through that track. But I haven't like blended or done or mm-hmm. done any mixing with from record to record. And I haven't right. done that yet. Um, so I sh- and I should, but yeah, we'll give it some time. <laughs> yeah, let me let me just let me worry about that later. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you know time time is of the essence so but um but yeah man like who who are uh who are some for us in terms of house music obviously it's a house podcast mm-hmm. but who who are you feeling lately producers dj wise yeah oh my god well i mean i mean first and foremost uh co-flow yeah. has just been like knocking okay. so much shit out of the park Co-flow, tomahawk bang yeah, yeah. i mean um, at jazz yep and it's um there's a lot of stuff a lot of good stuff has been coming out from uh defected as well as uh quantize yeah uh records um i uh it it also depends too like there's there's certain things where maybe i'm, I'm feeling more of the um the artist versus the producer or other times where it's the producer over you know it could be anybody on the on the record but it's just the producer that actually makes like real good fire yeah so um so yeah, so it's like um, 
I've I've been on like a big kick of uh, like producer uh, duos like uh, Lovebirds mm-hmm. is is one that I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit Swindle is another one that I've I've mm-hmm. felt because I kind of feel like Detroit Swindle, even though they're not from Detroit, surprisingly, um, they're from Europe, mm-hmm. but they go back to like the integrity of American house and then like fuse it with their sensibilities. Like the first time that I heard uh, when a fire starts to burn, yeah. right. That was such a like, was that um disclosure or yeah, I'm sorry. Um, um, but yeah, but disclosure, um, is, is of the, uh, like them too, where they, they, they bring it back to like, you know, that, that real like, intimate uh chicago and detroit small club feel yeah right yeah, yeah they keep and, it there yeah you know? and, and you kind of go like yo this is like this is a really good track and all of a sudden you hear it on something like uh we, we have we have this one radio station here in um minneapolis st paul uh called 89.3 the current mm-hmm. and what's dope about the current is that they're kind of like a step they're like a step above like npr and college radio but not quite like clear channel like yeah they, they get they, the fucking shittiest like fucking service ever yeah you know <laughs> you can barely hear them but but what's dope about them is that they have um they have a lot of really good like knowledgeable djs yeah um special shout out to um dj mark wheat he's like one of my favorites um he's he's from the uk so what i like is that he'll bring uh, a lot of stuff from like you know uh, he's a northerner. I think he's like from like um, the someplace north of the Midlands, but he brings a lot of that um, sensibility to the Twin Cities. I mean, I'll hear him drop like Northern Soul, and then some like you know Americana folk, and then some funk, and then some like you know fifties jazz, just like all kinds of stuff. So, um, what was really dope though was um, I remember hearing. Um, disclosure for the first time through the current and that was when that record like before it blew up blew up so i heard that shit and i was like yo this is this is fucking nuts this is on this is on radio like broadcast radio i'm, I'm hearing like an actual house record on broadcast radio and it was like if you go in on like the pop radio stations you might hear something that was produced by you know some famous bigwig dj that was you know like a miley cyrus cut you know with Steve Aoki or whatever, and you're kind of like rolling your eyes, like, all right, whatever, fist bump and EDM. But to actually have something that just had like this real, like, like I almost like felt like I stumbled onto like one of those in between radio stations. Like I was like, am I on the right, am I on the right station right now? Is this, is this the current? I'm like, yeah, this is the current. And then all of a sudden, you know, right after that was done, then it's like a real underground hip hop record. Mm. You know, it's it's something from like, uh, you know, uh, like a like a Jay Dilla classic that only like Dilla fans would know. So, you know, those, um, those types of producers, um, people who are also kind of coming back after like, you know, several years of hiatus and they say, well, okay, well, you know, I'm still around and I'm still going to make records or I I haven't stopped making records. I just wasn't popular after the nineties. A lot of these people are starting to kind of get, come back into like the limelight again. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm finding like, you know, uh, periodically, I'm finding you know uh, director's cuts from Frankie Knuckles before he passed away that are just brilliant records. It was like just like these like swan songs. Like he would remaster and redo um, things that he kind of said, okay, now I've got the technology. I want to redo, um, you know, uh, what was it, um, Your Love uh, with Jamie Principal, mm-hmm. and he took that to like 
an amazing level on that that redo because usually like redos kind of lose something in the translation right yeah or, or a re-edit and but he did this director's like it was like a series of director's cuts and he just did some amazing shit and so it's like and i'm going damn dude and this is all like 2011 yeah 2012 i mean yeah. you know he passed away i think in 2014 if memory serves me correctly so it was like he had like a couple of a few more years um his collaboration with hercules was also great um the song blind i mean just fucking beautiful stuff you know yeah and it's like and, and you're like damn dude and and this was like he was one of the like the main people that you would like cite as being a, a founding you know a founding father like on the mount rushmore of house but yet, you know, he wasn't even 60 years old yet. You know, how incredible is that? <laughs> you know? Dude, yeah. Pretty so, much, man. So, Sonny Fedora. Um, that's, oh, Sonny Fedora. Yeah, yeah. Legend. Um, another, uh, another one that I cite. Um, yeah. th- there's some other stuff that I've found that I'm, I still haven't, like, mastered, like, all of um, the producer's names yet. It's just stuff that, like, I've, I've, I've acquired that I'm, like, going back and, like, starting to kind of, like, dig deeper and like read about them specifically and figure out like where they come from, what they do mm-hmm. hear their older cuts and stuff. And then, and you know, sometimes you look out, you know, you, they have like a catalog, they have like an archive of music yeah. and other times this is their first record. Yeah. So you're going, Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Well I can't even get into your origin story cause you're already, you're still just starting. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, but I, I like those, I like those little gems where it's like you find a record and then you realize too, you might listen to something and you're just feeling it, and it's like, oh, this is the dopest thing. And you know how 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 old is this record? And this is like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a 16 year old record. And yeah. You go, what? Yeah. yeah. You're like that is so way ahead of its time. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> you know? there'll be some tracks that I play, and I'll and I'll always ties like my dictionary yeah. when it comes down to tracks because that dude's just been around for for a good amount of time. Right. And I'll play this track, you know, and he'll he'll know it mm-hmm. first of all and you know because obviously i'm still learning a lot yeah and i'm like oh shit dude you know this track he's like yeah man played it back in the 90s yeah like, all right <laughs> fuck mm-hmm. you <laughs> you know um but but yeah like uh man djs and producers i've already mentioned a couple yeah at jazz mm-hmm. co is just banging tracks yeah. on right now yeah. so i'm i'm all up on band camp just going to town right. whenever he comes out with stuff uh, Tomahawk Bang, aka Weehum, um, at Jazz, Jeff Swift is banging tracks out too. Nate Lawrence, Nate Lawrence has been has been like he, he's had like a he's like had like a fever frenzy. Yeah. He just all of a sudden kind of came back like, oh, I'm I'm not gone, motherfucker. Bah! He starts Dude, hitting people with more yeah, shit, man. Like <laughs> you know. And, and what's cool too is like a lot of these guys have live streams on yeah. Facebook, so. So like you know like Nate was was live just the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, Kofla has a thing like every Wednesday. Yep. Uh, called Simmer Room. Uh, I'm only laughing because it's like you know it's, it's like the counter boiler room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Simmer Room was like way more raw. He's uh, like blind skateboards was created because of vision skateboards. Yeah. It's like yeah, we're just gonna take whatever is is hot and do the opposite. Yeah, you pretty, know? pretty much, which, right. is, which is working very well in his favor. Hell yeah um you know and then monty you know monty is like always on on live and yeah. he's always like throwing some some fire ass shit but uh but yeah like those guys and you know i always tend to go back to some of the classics too yeah. and the classics as in like classics for me yeah um as to when i started and mm-hmm. uh one artist that will forever like have a near and dear spot place in my heart when mm-hmm. it comes down to to music is um pevin everett yeah like oh Pe- yeah pevin yeah, everett yeah, yeah, yeah. is 
is the dude. Like mm-hmm. you, you put on Gabriel, everyone's fucking going off. Mm-hmm. And it's like a song you can't necessarily really dance to it. Like right. the, the BPM's like up there, but right. you can. But people just move to it anyways. It's just one of those tracks where you're just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go into loft influence mode and just go nuts. Right, you know? right, I'm, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make love to that floor. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. type of shit. Yep. But yeah, um, I always, I always, always go back to his music. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Gabriel, Stuck, mm-hmm. um, How Bad I Want You, dude, fucking yeah yeah so well i i think too that it's what's kind of interesting is that sometimes like you even stumble into people who weren't making it as specifically like as an r&b singer but then they got reinvented through house like someone said yo i really like your vocals um do you mind if i you know have you like lay down this uh this dance cut it's gonna be a b-side or like in the case of like masters at work right Mm -hmm. it was like all through the 90s you would you would buy records that you never ever ever would be caught dead with you'd be like yo i gotta go get this madonna record because the b-side is gonna have a, a you know a masters at work um club cut and you know and 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 you would like and you know and it's like debbie gibson you know it's just like what the fuck you know it's like no have you heard this shit in the club people are like no and you're like yo you come over you check this shit out you know so i think that it's also as much as it's about the artist and what the artist can do i mean case in point man look at um uh, uh what's his name um there was uh the um the tori amos track um uh, perfect window perfect window right mm-hmm. yeah and, and that was uh armin van helden right yeah, yeah. and he you know he took he took somebody who was like a you know like a like a kind of a like indie slightly folk kind of you know artist that was like clearly in her own genre like her her own like she she didn't have to go and cross over and, and find any other audience she was like totally good where she was at and somebody was just like yo just can you do something with this so all of a sudden you know he just got that bass line you know he had somebody playing you know the bass for like three minutes and then found the he like locks that shit in and looped it and then just got like a snippet of her vocal like he didn't get like you know verses and choruses and verses and choruses he only got you know the just like the one little uh, vocal sample that uh, that he used, and of course, being that it's club, it's like it was kind of like Dirty House too, you know, because it was like he just he edited it just right to make it be like a little bit more like sexual and more like innuendo, mm-hmm. and then it was just like everybody just like bugged out about that. Bjork, same thing. There was like there was like records where like you listen to Bjork and she had these really long kind of ballady, abstract kind of avant garde records, and then all of a sudden. Um, you know, Nightcrawlers or somebody would get like a, a hold of a, of a record and do you know like a like a redub of that, and you go, damn, this is really 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 good. So I think that you know it's it's not always just you can't put like a thousand percent on the artist because mm-hmm. sometimes the producers will shit the bed and the artist is great, but then the producers went in a wrong direction, and other times you know there's like an artist who's kind of good by themselves, but then the producer was able just to bring out something else. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're not always, like, in the studio working together. Sometimes, like, you've already made the song, and someone just gives you the masters, and they say, okay, what can you do with this? And you're like, just give me the vocal. 
Mm. You know, sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as long yeah. as you just need the vocal, and you can right. do, you can layer that shit on, right. on anything. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then, of course, like it's funny when you like when I was younger, I used to listen to like some of these uh, big time producers, and they'd get interviewed, and they'd say, "Yo, yeah, I never met Madonna, or I never met, um, you know, Tori Amos, or I never, I never knew who any of these people were." And they go, "But dude, you made like the club anthem of like '94 or '98 or you know 2002 or whatever," and you're like, "Yeah, it's because." You know, and this is a this is a little uh, trade secret for people who don't understand about like DJing and DJ circles, is that um, there's a lot of music that just kind of floats around mm-hmm. that where it's like unfinished tracks, it's things that are partially recorded, unmastered and things, and someone will just kind of say, hey, you know, this is kind of like uh, this was all going to be scrapped that we were going to throw out, mm-hmm. but can you do something with this? And you go, and, and and you know, you might listen to a track and you go. Yeah, that's not really my cup of tea. And then you're like, wait, 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 rewind that right there. What's that? And yeah. they rewind it and they play it for another couple seconds. And then you're like, all right, I got something. And you know, and then the next thing you know, you come away with it and you come back and you've like totally reinvented and redefined someone's career who maybe was on their way out. And now they're, you know, they're like a, a god or a goddess of the club. Yeah. You know, and you know, at one point there, everyone was just like, yeah, yeah, they're kind of like they've. You know, they're, they're too long in the tooth, right? They're they're mm-hmm. gone. They're on their way out and shit. And all of a sudden, you turn around and you gave them, like, another, like, 10 years mm-hmm. in their career. Because now they're, like, they are like they come in and they exclusively want to work with you. Yeah. And they say, hey, yeah. I want to make a, just a straight club record. Yeah. Like, all right, yeah. cool. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, like, um, you know, kind of rewinding back just a little before we actually end this podcast because we're kind of running out of time here. <laughs> um, rewinding back a little, as far as, like, the relationship um, kind of diving back to it just a little bit, uh, the relationship between DJing and, and uh, dancing. Um, there's one, I heard it from someone where it's like the dancers that go into DJing have a higher responsibility now, mm-hmm. um, especially when they're rocking a party or like a club or whatever, because now it's like, okay, you guys should know what moves people. Right. You know, it's one thing if you're a DJ and you like to dance, but you're not like an actual like dancer, you know, like that's not your forte. Yeah. But when you're a DJ who comes from dance, you should know what the fuck you're going to play. Yeah. You should know exactly how you're going to move this crowd. Mm -hmm. Like not saying that, you know, every DJ likes to move to whatever they like to move. Every dancer likes to move to whatever they like to move to. But Mm -hmm. from a general point, you know, like you should know. Right. You should know exactly what's going to move these people. So that's that's like a big factor that comes into that, you know, as far as the relationship goes. Yeah. And um, and then for the for the dancers that go into producing, like for example, um, Angel from Minneapolis House, mm-hmm. like, dude, the connection is the, the connection that we have that we made is so pure because you know he's old school Battle Cats. For right. any of you, any of you guys that know, you know, Minneapolis breaking. Our Minnesota breaking Battle Cats is like a legendary crew here mm-hmm. in Minnesota. So he came from Battle Cats and he moved into producing house music, uh, specifically like a lot of deep house. And um, actually, Peace, Peace, and I, who I, we mentioned earlier, we're in, um, in a music video that's about to drop soon. That's from one of Angel's tracks called um, "Of the Night." Word, word. So that's gonna come out soon. I'm super excited about that because the man, the way um, we filmed that was insane. He had drones and everything, and yeah. Uh, it was like in a part of Minneapolis that I didn't really want to be at, but but we made it happen, and yeah. there was definitely a lot of attention on us during oh, that okay. night. So it was, yeah. But I'm excited for that music video to come out. So, 
um, stay tuned for that. I'll word, make word. sure to, to mention where, where that's going to be posted at. But, but yeah, like the connection that we have right there is like on another level. So yeah. the relationship between um, DJing and, and, and how, and dancing to me, there's, there's really no between. Right. To me, it's just the relationship. Yeah. Because it's, it's always going to be, it's always going to be cycling. It's it, always going to be revolving. It's your left foot and your right foot, basically. Exactly. It's like, like you, I mean, you could stand on any one of them. Yeah. But, you know, it takes both of them together to walk. Well, like with house dancing, like you can move. Mm-hmm. But if you're not muse- moving to to the sound, what you're doing, like you're just moving. You're not even mm-hmm. really dancing. Right. Somebody can play music, but if no one's dancing to it, you know, if the, like if, if, the, if you're playing like a heavy ass beat yeah. and no one's fucking dancing to it. Then it's just like you're just playing music. Right. You know, you're just playing it to to a room mm-hmm. rather than to a crowd. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man, I think we should wrap it up. <laughs> We're like about five minutes over our time here. Ah. I try to keep these at like one, uh, like an hour and ten minutes. Nonsense. <laughs> Nonsense. You so, know me, dog. I, I'll I, I would go easily four hours. There's gonna be watch, unchecked. There's, okay. There's gonna there's gonna be one day. There's gonna be one episode where I'm just gonna let you talk <laughs> and i'm gonna see how far you can go i'm gonna i'm gonna literally like let just let it roll oh god i That's... i pity anybody that decides to listen to it because then you're just gonna fast forward and you're gonna be like i'm in 1566 and then all of a sudden it's like and then house music and then uh, martial arts and then finally it's like five hours five and hours then, in you finally hear my voice yeah and then cool, finally, man <laughs> and then finally i bring it back to like so to answer your question, yes, I like waffles. But you know what, man? <laughs> you know what? Like that's what makes you super unique, because my not, ADD. Not, no, no, not not saying not saying that you're the only one that that you know has this that, that has this uniqueness to them. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a number of people that do, but but like when when someone's genuinely listening to you, mm-hmm. like like me and like your friends do, mm-hmm. your other friends do, like we're learning shit. We're hearing shit and we're taking it in. It may not look like we're listening, but mm-hmm. no, I like it may, especially with me, like I'm always like fiddling with something. Yeah. But like I'm listening because yeah. I'm like, okay, that's some good shit, you know? So that's, that's how I take it in. You know, I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for everyone else, but yeah, that's how I take it in. Well, you know, and to, uh, to send that back, I mean, it's like, it's the same thing. Like when, um, when I watch you dance as a prime example, um, there's there's vocabulary and there's articulation there's a conversation that you're having mm-hmm. whether you're um you're expressing that like with the music or you're trying to kind of like impress the crowd or you're just in your own world and you're just vibing it's like those are like your times too yeah where it's like where i can just talk and i can profess and blah 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 blah, blah. um it's like the same thing like i see you and maybe what you were doing like in your mind you're kind of like oh yeah i was just kind of bullshitting but me i was like i was like drinking all that in going like oh my god dude i i was so impressed with that footwork i i can't believe that you were you were dancing to that little tick in the back of the song everybody else is dancing on the four and you know they're dancing on the the down or the ups even and you're just sitting here you know doing like the tick 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 (laughs) and i'm just watching you do that shit and everyone else is like and i'm like looking at people going are you not fucking seeing this are you fucking stupid and people were just like what ozzy's dancing yeah he's he that's what he does he house dances and I'm like, you don't understand. He's doing that with his big toe. You're not seeing that. And they're just like, oh, I don't know. So, so is is this where we hug now and like make out? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I'm not much of a kisser. So, uh, and by the way, your little spoon. I'm big spoon. 
This is my drawer. All right. Well, I think that's that wraps it up. Yeah. For everyone, we're not really going to do any of that stuff. Um, but you know, allegedly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, any last words? Um. Actually, I, I've got a quote. Yeah. That I, I would like to uh, to use here. Just give me one moment to bring this up. Ba 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 ba. Because I I, just, I thought this was just a very interesting quote. Okay, so um, I don't know exactly how much this has specifically like relevance to like the conversation, but it's just something that just kind of uh, was inspiring to me. So um, it says, some teachers rebel so far away from being authoritarian that they praise all of their students' decisions as good or bad. Their intention is to build confidence, but instead they discourage objectivity, encourage self-indulgence, and perhaps most destructively, they create a dishonest dishonest relationship between the instructor and the student that any bright pupil can sense. So I kind of think about that in terms with house where you don't want to pelt anybody with empty praise all the time. You don't want to just say just because you're doing something in, in the scene, you're just like, Oh yeah, everything that you're doing is dope. Cause that's kind of like, you know, the emperor's new clothes syndrome, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're standing stark naked, but everyone in the court is so afraid to hurt your feelings that they're lying to you saying that you're wearing this most beautiful of gowns. Mm-hmm. So, um, it doesn't mean that you have to be shitty, but like if a person like gives you a demo or they come back over after like, you know, doing a round and they dance and they say, hey, you know, how was my set? You know, how, how did I, how did I look? You know, there, there are ways where you can be objective but still give like positive positive feedback yeah. and yeah. i think what typically happens in like the breaking scene is that a lot of people will just be like yo that's whack period you know end yeah. quote um in house we are just so hippy dippy and like so yeah. like flowing and, yeah. and, and about the vibe and about just trying to keep the mood up that we're trying to like not we're, we're not trying to like hurt anybody's feelings or burn any bridges yeah but i think too that it's it's um our responsibility in the the dance music uh scene uh, specifically with house to be able to say you know hey i i see that what you have right there is promise mm. but i think you still need a lab on it or i think that track that you have is still missing a few things yeah, yeah. but you're you're on the right track i like or i really liked that one portion of the song and they go really you, you didn't like the the vocals and i'm like ah, i kind of felt like the vocals were a little bit behind maybe you know you can go back to the the drawing board because yeah. usually you go back and you say i don't think that was bad i don't think that was and you listen to it and you go oh shit yeah that i totally missed that yeah and then you you restructure it and the next thing you know you come out with like 2.0 mm-hmm. and totally. it's like everyone goes yo this is fire yeah. you know so yeah i i just try to I, I try to like take all that in you know and say you know don't ever emptily like praise somebody just to you know be genuine yeah be genuine um and not everyone in the in the breaking scene you know this, yeah not everyone's like hard ass dicks right <laughs> <laughs> or anything like that but no like um you know for the most part in general house is a little more opening yeah convenient. um a quote for me mm-hmm. a quote that i have is uh, use your smile to change the world don't let the world change your smile and I think that has a lot to do with today's climate. Yeah. Um, there's just so much negativity going around. So kind of going back to the positive. Yeah. You know, keeping being genuine, being positive. That's that's pretty much where it bases off, goes off of. That's where I'm trying to come at is stay positive. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I took a golf lesson from my good friend, Steve, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Showtime. And, you know, he was literally, like, correcting everything that, that I was doing in mm-hmm. golf. There wasn't, like, 
I was making progress, but yeah. at the same time, he's just like, look, I'm going to correct this, but we're right. going to stay positive. It's all about positivity. Right. You know, because whatever you do, there's always a positive outlook to it. Yep. So let's stay on that vibration. Right. And that's what I'm about. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with that being said, yeah. um, normally we'll ask the guest, The well, we will be asking a guest speaker, and get, you know, uh, what what uh would be the outro song that they want yeah but since it's just us i'm gonna pick it i don't know which mm-hmm. song i'm gonna pick so it's gonna be a surprise for everyone listening to this um and i will have turnstile pick the intro song so that'll be a surprise too yeah so with that being said uh thank you all for tuning in to another episode of styles and dress and we will talk to you what saturday yeah you'll, next- you'll, you'll you'll hear this the Wednesday. following Wednesday. <laughs> so so Wednesday this will drop and then the following Saturday we will record again and yes. We'll be keeping it like that. So thank you very much everybody for tuning in. Yes. Uh, we appreciate and love each and every one of you. Um stay fresh and be good to one another. Absolutely. Take care everyone. All right, peace. Peace. Girl, the night